morning faith promise. That was the most amazing thing. You guys realize you planted a church in Kanye's Costa Rica last weekend, and it was awesome. It was awesome. Watching Michelle when that whole congregation stood up and shouted out in Spanish, we are or I am faith promise. Just watching Michelle well up and it was just glorious. Thank God for what he's doing at Faith Promise. It is radical. It is supernatural. And God is using you. He's using us in ways that many of us have never seen. So we are on fire. It is just glorious. Again, 17 baptisms, the absolute very first weekend. Wow. We really are walking in the fog. We are walking in the favor of God. And man, we are grateful. Let me tell you, as a senior pastor, there are a lot of things that, that I don't worry because worry's not spiritual, but I do get concerned from time to time. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And one of the things, really one of the greatest concerns that I have to face is money. Now, we don't talk about money all the time. We don't take up offerings. So we'll go weeks and weeks and not talk about money. 2012 was the worst financial year. We expanded Pellissippi. We launched North Knoxville. It was all right in 13 and it was really a difficult year. I've never experienced that. So 13, we roll in. We believe that God spoke to us, Psalm 65, 11, I will crown the year with glory or my bounty, and the, the hard pass will drip with fatness. And God did that. And we finished here, had a budget. It was glorious. And, and, and one of the things that I hate to do is walk in to preach on the weekend worried about the offering. Does that make sense? Because when I'm preaching, I'm wondering, are they going to give enough? It changes how you preach. It, it just does. It adds a layer that, that, that I hate and all that kind of stuff. And I just want to say that 2014 is a hundredfold harvest. Psalm 2612, Isaac planted in the same year. He, he harvested a hundredfold for the Lord God is with him. And God is with us. We're ahead of budget. Amen. Come on, somebody help me with that. Man, we're ahead of budget. We have shifted some of our finances for all the ministry, all the time I've been a pastor, man, money comes in, money goes out, and we've sort of shifted and, and, and done some new financial things, and God is blessing it, and so, man, I, I get up on the weekend, I don't have to worry about the offering. Now, that doesn't mean drop your giving, because see, we don't give because we have a budget, we give because we love God. Is that right? We give because tithing is a mark of covenant people. And so I'm grateful, man, God is, matter of fact, I wish you could just get my email sometime as, as one of our, you know, one of our businessmen or, or, or a new family and they'll say, hey, I want to, man, I'm going to, I'm going to get on the generosity journey and they'll say, hey, we've hit level three, we're tithing and let me tell you what God has done and it's amazing what God is doing across the board at all of our campuses because as people are faithful giving, man, God just blesses that. Y'all believe that? God blesses it and so, man, just Dive on the generosity journey. It's really cool, and God is blessing, and man, I'm grateful. So uh, what we want to do is we're going to compare and contrast. How many of you remember Composition 101? Yeah, I hated that too. And uh, Comp 101, man, you had to do a paper of comparison and contrast. So what we're going to do is we're going to compare and contrast two cities. <clears throat> we'll call them churches. We're going to look at Nazareth for a minute, then we're going to look at Capernaum because, you know, people fall in these two categories. Now, one church was, was, man, just flooded with expectation, and one church was overwhelmed with exasperation. And how many of you know that in America today, more churches are overwhelmed with exasperation than are filled with expectation? 
And churches are declining, they're in trouble, they're asking questions, they're, they're not looking with a vision to the future because of all the stuff that's going on. And, and God is blessing our socks off and we give all the glory and honor. In, in Matthew's gospel, the 13th chapter, Jesus goes back to Nazareth in his preaching crusade. So he shows up in verse 54, Matthew 13, and he came to his hometown and began teaching them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers? Now, Jesus is preaching. God is moving. People are being saved. People are being healed. And then people start thinking. And they start what I call stinking thinking. Man, how many of you ever watched somebody get involved in stinking thinking, overanalyze something? Paralysis by analysis. And that's, what, that's what's going on. So God is moving, and they start thinking. Is this not the carpenter's son, Joe? Hey, didn't, don't Joe's down, got the shop? And, and his mother, Mary, his brothers, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? Look at, look at, look at the next verse. And they took offense at him. They took offense. And Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own home. And he goes on the sad verse, the last verse, and he did not do many miracles in Nazareth because of their what? Their what? See, doubt filled their hearts. And when doubt filled their hearts, doubt won the day. Disbelief won the day. And don't you think about this, all the miracles that they missed because of their doubt and unbelief. People showed up crippled that left crippled. People showed up lost that left lost. People showed up in a bind that left in a bind. People showed up in horrible situations that left in horrible situations. Why? Because doubt won the day. There's no expectation, there's no anticipation, and there is no faith. How many know that doesn't please God? I mean, it just doesn't please God. Praise the Lord, that is not faith promise. Amen? Man, that is not us. We believe God. We're moving in the flow of God. We're going to have 10,000 Easter weekend. It's going to be the greatest weekend. Anybody believe that with me? Come on. I heard one, so come on. Man. And so now let's look at another church, another city, and how they responded in a totally different manner. In Mark's gospel, the second chapter, starting in verse 1, we're going to roll what's happening in Capernaum. And, it, and when he had come back to Capernaum, he being Jesus, several days afterwards it was heard that he was at home. And many gathered together so that there was no longer room, not even near the door, and he was speaking the word to them. Nazareth, they're pushing him out. Capernaum, they're packing him in. They're, they're, they're filling the house. And uh, there came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And being unable to get to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. When they had dug an opening, they let it down, the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. And Jesus seeing what? Whose faith? Their faith. Jesus seeing their faith on the roof said to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak this way? He's blaspheming, only God can forgive sin. Immediately, Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were reasoning this way within themselves, said, Why are you reasoning about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up, take up your pallet, and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins, I say to you, Pick up your pallet and go home. 
He got up immediately, picked up the pallet, went out of the sight of everyone, so that all were amazed and glorifying God, saying, we have never seen anything like this before. I don't know about you, but I won't be a Capernaum crowd. Man, I don't want to be with the you know, Nazarene nasties. Man, I want to be with the Capernaum crowd. These people of faith, of expectation, not exasperation. Man, so, it, so in verse 2, Jesus is at home, and the house is packed. People are there hearing the word of God. They are thrilled. Man, they've, they've come in faith. You guys have any faith this weekend? Come on, come on. Anderson County, Campbell County, North Knox, Blunt Internet. See, they, they believed. That's why, man, we believe. We believe. And you know, this is the deal. Let me just take a sideline for a second. Many of you, God's given you dreams. He's given you great visions, but you've never told anyone. See, as long as you don't speak that dream, it's safe. You know what I'm talking about? You don't want to tell anybody because if you tell anybody, they'll be watching to see if the dream happens. That's why what we do at Faith Promises, we just boldly proclaim it. Man, I was praying about Easter and said, I believe we can have 10,000. Well, that's easy. Me and, my, me and God saying, how about 10,000 when the Lord says, speak that. Well, okay, I'll tell the staff. No, I want you to speak it to everybody. But God, what if? Y'all know what I'm talking about? And so we're afraid to speak, but man, when you speak the word, speak to that which is not as though it is. Out of the overflow of the heart comes out of the mouth, and man, if we have anticipation and expectation, so I said, so we'll have 10,000. Not only are we going to have 10,000, we're going to have over 200 baptisms that weekend. It's going to be the greatest weekend we have ever had. Does anybody believe that at Faith Promise Church? No doubt. And absolutely no doubt. And so, man, it's, we're going to have a hundredfold harvest. And what we need, holy God, increase our faith. God, increase our faith to believe that you can. In the midst of the mess of the mail, in the midst of all that's going on, God, we believe you can. So rise up within us, great faith and belief in you. Jesus said in Matthew 16, I will by my church, I will by my gathering, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Y'all believe that? So Jesus is at home. He's in his house, or a house he had rented, or a house somebody gave him. And, uh, and you're going to see some, actually some scenes of Capernaum rolling behind me. This is, see that building right there? That is actually a Catholic church built over Simon Peter's home. And so it's actually glass. You can look in the center and look down where Simon Peter was. And, and the first church that was built in Capernaum. You see the, the ruins of the, of the synagogue where Jesus taught. All that's going on. It's really cool. You'll, you'll see so much more on Easter weekend and the places where where the Lord moved and where the Lord ministered. So the house is packed, and they're there with expectation, they're there with anticipation. Is that us? Now, I tell you what we believe. We believe that you're going to invite so many people. You know, we, we make these invitation cards, and we give them out every, you know, every time we do a big event, Scott Glorious Ruins, and then all of our campuses and all of the times. We printed tens of thousands of extras because we knew you'd take them. You took 11,000 last weekend. Last weekend. Wasn't even time yet chill out. And so, man, took these cards and because we believe that we're going to, we believe that we're going to see God move. See, expectation fills the heart of faith. Expectation. Now, what I want to give you four things in line of Easter that expectation does. Are you ready? If you're, if you're ready, say, I'm ready. If you're a note taker, break out some lipstick, mascara, pencil, pen, something, and, and get ready to take some notes because four things expectations give you. Number one, expectation leads to invitation. Now, there in Capernaum, there's a dude we're going to call him George. George was a paralytic. And, and we, we see that, 
that they, they, in verse 3, they came bringing him a paralytic carried by four men. This is what I believe. I'm going to do a little spiritual speculation for a minute, and I'll tell you why I believe this. I believe one of the four got their friends together and went to Joe and said, Joe, Jesus is at home. And if you'll come with us, if we'll, you'll let us carry you to Jesus, we believe you'll walk. Now, why don't you think it was Joe's idea? I don't think it was Joe's idea because when they dropped the dude through the hole in the roof, what did Jesus say? Seeing whose faith? Their faith. Not Joe's. Joe's just an innocent bystander. It was about to have a miracle happen to him, by the way. But, but seeing their faith. So I believe, because listen, if there's no expectation, there'll be no invitation. If you don't believe God's going to move, you're not going to bring your family and friends, are you? How many of you say, hey, I went to a movie last night. It's the worst movie I've ever seen. You want to go with me and see it? <laughs> do you do that? Hey, I went to a restaurant last week. Worst food I've ever had. Got food poisoning. Spent two days in the hospital. You want to go with me? See, if there's no expectation, there's no invitation. You never invite. But if you thought God was going to move at Easter and you thought your family and friends might get saved, then you'd be them. Because, see, an expectation creates in us an invitation. And what God is working this very moment within many of us, thousands across the board, God is welling up within you right now boldness because many of you have never invited a soul to church because you're new. You're new to this faith deal, man. You're excited about it, but you've never invited anybody. You're not quite sure. And God is going to give you boldness, and you're going to invite some people. Some people are going to be saved. It's going to be the greatest thing ever happened to you besides you getting saved. Because, see, what happens is, you know, the world takes what's glorious and ruins it, which is people's lives. And then God takes what is ruined and makes it glorious. This is a whole thesis for this deal. And so Jesus is about making glorious ruins, and we need to bring our friends. Amen. Amen? And with expectation that God's going to move, belief like these Capernaum people did. Number two, expectation leads to preparation. See, if you've got an expectation, then you're going to pray. Now, they go to see Joe, and they say, Joe, Jesus is in town. We want to get you there. Now, I don't know about you, but you ever carried a paralytic? I'm betting it's dead weight. You know what I'm talking about? See, the paralytic can't help. So I don't know if they put him on a sheet and everybody grabbed a corner, if they had a stretcher. We don't know what they do, but we know that there was preparation because they four guys had to get together. They had to decide where they're going to meet. They had to decide who's going to carry. They had to get to Joe. They had to make an appointment. They had to get all this schedules had to be done, all this preparation to get Joe to Jesus. For months, we've been preparing. Matter of fact, a year ago, we said, hey, let's go to Easter and let's shoot the Easter message in Israel. I mean, let's go to Israel and shoot the Easter message. And so we've been preparing. Then we went, we prepared it, we've edited it. We sit down with all the campus pastors and said, hey, we got to, I mean, how many schedules do we have to have? What's the deal so that we can get everybody there? All this stuff had to happen. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You know, then we had to get hundreds of new volunteers, and we had all this so that we could pull this Easter deal off. See, if you've got an expectation, there's going to be preparation. And so what I want to challenge you to do, we got two weeks, actually less than two weeks. Because at Pellissippi, we're going to start Thursday night. And I want to challenge you. If you're a Sunday morning attender at Pellissippi, I want to challenge you to come Thursday or Friday night. You know what I'm talking about? So this is the deal. You're already thinking about people that should come. This is what I want to challenge you. Take them to dinner before or after. Now, see, that's going to create some preparation, isn't it? You got to call them. You got to say, hey, we want to take you to dinner. And while we're out, we're going to go to church. And so, you know, you're going to have to 
got to work that out. Well, why do you want to go to dinner at 5.30? That's early because we thought we might run around after dinner with about, you know, a thousand of our closest friends. And so, and so there's some preparation that's going to have to be there. Man, if it's Friday night or Saturday night, if it's Sunday morning, take them to brunch, take them to lunch. Man, invite work, do whatever it takes. See, I believe that, I don't think that the four guys that carried Joe griped and complained, I believe it was a labor of love. And those of us that bring our friends get to watch the miracles of God. Because they sit on the roof and watch this huge party happening in the room. Now, I'm going to tell you what people are going to do. Hundreds have said, hey, we'll serve in children's ministry, preschool, we'll serve in parking lots, we'll do. Hundreds have said, we will serve. That's why we took the serving cards up. Because so many people, thank God for your heart to serve the Lord through his church. So some people will serve one service or two services, don't come to another. Many of you will come multiple services. You'll serve one, and you'll come to a couple because you're going to bring your parents one service and maybe your auntie one service or your neighbor one service or kids on your ball team in a service. You're going to bring people at different services. See, this is, man, this is a labor of love. Now, this is what you're going to have to do. If you're listening, say, I am. you got to say no to some good things so you can say yes to the best thing. It's God's weekend, isn't it? Glorious ruins, Easter. Man, let's bring them 10,000 strong. What might God do? See, expectation leads to an invitation, but it leads to preparation. Number three, it leads to perspiration. I call it holy sweat. Holy sweat. They're bringing their buddy, verse four, they're bringing their buddy to Jesus, and they couldn't get to him because of the roof, because of the crowd. They removed the roof and dug an opening and let him in. See, I've been to Capernaum. You saw the pictures. It's sea level. It's hot. So they carried their buddy. We don't know how far they've carried him, but they've, they've drugged Joe. They've got Joe there, and they get to Joe, and as soon as they turn the corner of Hallelujah Boulevard, right there where Jesus lived, and Faith Avenue, they said, dude, look, we're late. The house is packed. The yard's packed. Nobody's going to move. Nobody will let us out. Look at the parking lot. We got to leave early. And so look what, you know, all this is going on. And these guys, man, so, so they got to decide what they're going to do. Now listen, listen right here. We're taking hell on. Are you with me? We're taking hell on. Do you think it'll be easy? So this is the deal. They turn the corner. They see the yard is packed. And somebody says, man, I knew it. Let me, listen, listen. Do you hear negativity knocking? Let me give you a hint. If you're listening, say, I am. When negativity knocks, don't answer the door. Because, see, negativity's not of God, is it? See, God's positive. God's about faith. He knows what he's going to do. He's not negative. He's not wringing his hands and said, oh, my holy name, what am I going to do? God's in good shape today. The Trinity is not meaning an emergency session. They're good. And so, man, we'll, we'll look and say, well, man, I, I knew this. and that I, Man, I knew we couldn't get. Look at all this stuff. Listen. Failure is not an option. Because failure means our friends and family go to hell. Y'all, are y'all out there? And we will not let the devil win this one. We're going to bring him. We're going to win. See, expectation leads to perspiration. Because I don't know, but there's four guys that we know. There may have been more. There was somebody with the gift of administration. Because where did the ropes come from? 
because they lowered him down. Who brought the ropes? I don't think that way. I just show up. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Thank God for a pastor, Josh Whitehead, that when I show up, he brings everything else. And so, man, they, somebody brought a toolbox. They got gloves. They got hatchets to tear the roof off. They got ropes to lower the dude down. Somebody was thinking, I don't know, maybe there's a woman with them. <laughs> Come on, ladies. Come on. Because pretty much the four dudes would have quit. There had to be a lady nagging by faith. Come on, boys, we can do this. We can do this. And so, and they, they get in there, man, and they're not afraid to work. There's almost 6,000 of us this weekend. Are we afraid to work for God? Excuse me? And there's miracles when we sweat for the Savior, man, when we're believing God, when we're inviting our friends and taking them, and when we're parking lot is packed, and man, the, and the, it packed all the way into the grandstands up there. By the way, we got new screens so you can see from the grandstands. So all that's going on. See, expectation leads to perspiration because you believe you're willing to work. You're willing to work. Number four, are you ready? Expectation leads to innovation. Now, we don't know how old this house was. Let's say it's 40 years old. Can I tell you what I know about this house? Nobody's ever entered this house through the roof. For 40 years, however old this house is, they've been using the what? The door. The Bible says the door was locked. The door was packed. Can't get in. Somebody says, well, I knew we couldn't do it. Somebody says, we got to do this. Man, we don't know when Jesus is leaving. We don't know when we'll have this opportunity again. I mean, you know, by old days, they have salvation. Well, we got to get him in there. Well, we can't. What are we going to do? So somebody's thinking, okay, God, God, help us. God, because see, expectation leads to innovation. If we're going to reach people nobody's reaching, we got to do what nobody else is doing. We're going to reach your family and friends. What are we going to do? We're going to do somebody says, I know what let's do. Let's cut a hole in the roof and drop Joe in. Dude, are you smoking crack? Man, they will shoot us up here in the house. No, no, man, this is Jesus' house. You can't tear Jesus' roof off. Can I tell you, Jesus cares more about souls than roofs. And so they do. They go to the back side of the house where the roof is low. They climb up on the roof. And, and man, they, they start hacking the roof. Now, what I love is, see, Jesus knows everything, right? He knew what the scribes were thinking in the room. Jesus, can you imagine? Jesus is preaching. Everybody's listening, and he's thinking because he can do two things at once. And so he's thinking, they're going around the back. And Jesus is preaching, teaching the word, watching the, in his mind these four guys go around back and climb up on the roof. And Jesus said, you guys not to believe about what's about to happen. You are not going to believe what's about to go down in the house. And so, man, all of a sudden in that dark room lit by candles, pew, one ray of light shines in. You know what I'm talking about when it's dark and dusty, one ray of light. Then the ray gets bigger. And then there's a finger and two. And then there's four and eight. And then there's 16 and 20. And then, man, all four guys got all two hands apiece. And they're just, and everybody's saying, what? What's going on? Jesus is just smiling. Way to go. Tear it down. Man. And so, and so what do they do? They tear the hole. They, they, I want you to notice they, they. It's not one. One could have never gotten Joe to Jesus. It's they. We're a team, aren't we? 
we're a family. We're going to do Easter together. Together. And so, man, they, 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 they drop Joe to Jesus. See, we're going to do this together. The greater our unity, the greater our impact. Does that make sense? And so they, and so they, they drop Joe. Now, let me tell you something. I want you, to get, I want you to get this. Everything they've done so far, they've done in the natural. They sweated. They got Joe. They dug the hole in. And they dropped Joe in front of Jesus. Now, listen. Now they've done all they could do. The rest was up to who? Jesus. And so they watch. Jesus is smiling. Jesus is looking at Joe. Man, he's, you know, he, he, he's up there. He's just, you know, Jesus is looking at him. And, and Jesus looked up through the hole and said, and seeing their faith, he looked at Joe and said, hey, get up, man, go home. <laughs> Look at those dudes on the roof, man. See, do we have the faith to bring our friends? Now, I believe a celebration was happening. We see verse 12, everybody was amazing, glorified God. The people in the room were excited, weren't they? No doubt Joe was fired up. I mean, Joe's a beggar, Joe's a loser, Joe's, Joe just gets left every day to sit on the road and beg money for people to throw money at him. He's up walking, running. There's a celebration, but let me tell you what I believe. The greatest celebration happened up on the roof, up there. Now listen, you're going to bring friends or family, and you're going to drop them in the seat beside you, and you're going to pray like you've never prayed in a service. Oh, God, get them. Just like those guys, Jesus, healing Jesus, man. We're believing. We've dropped him down there. And, man, you're going to pray. You're going to, man, you're going to be praying. Oh, God, get him. God, get him. God, get him. God, get him. Man, you're going to be real seeking the heart of God for God to get him. And if you've ever prayed in a service when somebody you love is here and they're going to hell, you'll pray. Does that make sense? Man, you will pray. And, man, the invitation's given, and you'll look over there at them, and you're thinking, oh, God, get them, just like those four guys. And you look at them, and their knuckles are white on the chair in front of them, knees sort of jiggling. You know what I'm talking about? Nervous in the service. Man, they're looking around, and all of a sudden, I say, man, if you want to give your heart to Jesus this Easter weekend, I want to ask you to raise your hand. And you look at your friend, and all of a sudden, you see a, man, they're looking around. All of a sudden, man, listen. Boom, they shoot it up. Let me tell you, the happiest person in the room won't be them. It'll be you. Holy God, they're going to get saved. They're going to heaven. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That is awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do something we've never done. Are you ready? In your seat, there's a card. It says, Glorious Ruins. It's black and white. It's got verse 12. Luke 2 on one side, it's blank on the other. Come on, you're sitting on it. Or you put it in your purse or your billfold. Or you stuffed it in front of the person's back in front of you. Go ahead and ask him, hey, excuse me, sir, could you move? I put my card right there. Now, who, listen, who, if you brought them and they got saved on Easter, would you say verse 12, and blank got up and picked up his pallet and walked out inside of everyone so that I would be amazed and glorify God and say, God, I've never seen anything like this before. Who would it be in your life? Could be a parent, could be a sibling, could be one of your kids that's a prodigal, could be your boss or a coworker, could be a neighbor or a teammate, and write their name in the blank right now. You say, well, I got more than one. Write it on the backside. 
Go ahead, write down, write it down, because we're going to do something with it, and you'll be sad if you didn't. So come on, go ahead, write their name down. God, just imprint the names on our hearts of people that you want us to reach, Lord God, that you're working on right now. So praise teams at all of our campuses, if you guys would make your way out every, all the praise teams at, every, at all of our campuses, just work your way back out. Now, take this card, go ahead and fill the name, because we're going to do something we've never done before. So you're going to be sad if you don't have this, because you care about the people that their names are on the card. So just go ahead right now, write it down, just, just go ahead and get it, put it out there, come on. Again, we're going to do something, in just a minute, this is what we're going to do. And, and seeing whose faith? Whose? There. Who brought their friend? They. You, we are the they. And you have a burden for a family or friend on your heart, but it's they. So in just a minute, when you get done, I'm going to ask you to hand the card to the person next to you, unless it's their name. <laughs> okay, then it's going to be awkward. So if you wrote the person's name sitting next to you, hand it to the person on the other side. You say, but I don't know that person. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because in just a minute, the praise team's going to lead us in worship. And the person that you handed your card to, your burden, your deep felt prayer need, is going to get up. And they're going to come down on the sides, around the back, at Pellissippi, all the way across the front. There are Sharpies all over that are silver. And we're going to write the names. You're, the, that person is going to take your card and come write your name on one of these boards. Listen, don't write it on the stage. I mixed that up last service. Okay, write it on one of these big placards that say Glorious Ruins. There are plenty of Sharpies. Don't steal the Sharpie because we won't have enough. There are plenty. And write that name. You say, I don't know that person. I know you don't. You're going to write the name of the person next to you, and then you're going to keep their card. Because, see, they don't need the card. They know that person already, right? You know who you're burdened about. They, that person you don't even know is going to take your card home, and every day they're going to pray over your card and your name. They're going to pray for you that God will use you to get them here, and they're going to pray that that person, when they come, will be saved. Amen? Are we a they? See, we're not on one. If we were a one, you'd keep your own car, do it all by yourself. We're a they. We're going to do this as a team. As a family, we're going to bring 10,000. As a family, we're going to drop our friends and families at the feet of Jesus. As a family, we're going to pray. And as a family, we're going to believe that God is going to move. And when you get done, man, you'll just, you'll just go back to your seat. Now, I want you to notice all the placards, the glorious ones, placards, placards are low. Say, why didn't you put them up where we could reach them? Because we put them down. Because when you write somebody's name, you're going to have to get on your knees to write their name. And we're, listen, we're attacking hell straight up and straight on. Jesus said, bind the strong man. And then you go in and take what is his. All of our family and friends that have never been saved are property of the enemy. And we are, hey, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force, and we are going to win our friends and family to Jesus. So write their names down, hand it to that person, and they're going to write those names or names on these placards. And man, we're going to pray for two weeks, and in, two, in a week from this coming Thursday, we start. And we're going to believe that God is going to rock, that God is going to change, that God is going to heal, that God's going to save. Is our, can our God do it? Can our God do it? Somebody give God praise in the house.
And so this is the deal. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to just, you can pass those cards, and then we're going to come while we're worshiping. We're going to write these names. Spirit of God, would you fall on us? Spirit of the living God, would you give us a Pauline burden who said, I'll give up my seat in heaven if the children of Israel would be born again? God, would you give us a burden that will get us out of our complacency, out of our fear? Would you, would you, Acts 4.31, in the place where they were seated was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Would you, Acts 1.8, us, would you so baptize us with fire and with the Holy Spirit that we will be your witnesses? Get us off our lazy boys. Get us out from in front of the television. And God, let us plan to do what it takes to get our friends and our family, our coworkers and our teammates here, that they will hear the good news of Jesus and be saved. God, bind the devil as we go after. God, put just hinder hell and release heaven. Lord, would you, would you take us to the people that you're already preparing for our invitation? It's going to be like picking fruit. And so God, get them. Like you healed Joe, like you healed us. God, get them. God, get them and use us. We believe it and we receive it. And in Jesus' name, we pray it. And all God's people said, then let's stand on our feet and worship and make your way down. And go ahead. Don't leave. We're not done. And start writing those names down on the placards.